On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we welcome on Justin Mello from the Draft Network. We're talking quarterbacks, obviously. We're talking trade-ups, and we even look at some second and third round uh, prospects as well. Additionally, we are introducing to you, we're going to have a third member of the show until the draft giving expert analysis on the NFL draft like nobody else at Pat's Public can do, and so you're going to want to stick around for that. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. One week closer to the freaking draft. Just It's April. Listen, when you're listening to this, it is officially April. It is officially draft month. We're so excited. And we're welcoming on a third member of the squad. Spags, I'll have you intro him because I already gave him some praise. I don't want his head to get too big. You yeah, we're, we're, here. we're uh, pumping you know. his thighs. I can see it, I can see it expanding <laughs> on the screen. But no, my, my good friend, Keegan Stiefel. Uh, Stiefel, right? I said it right? Yeah, second, second one. Stiefel, that's right. You get the, you, you go back and Yeah, you go back and forth. People who spell the first name first name wrong? I saw that the other day, and then people who can't pronounce your last name, like me, who's known you for the last year. Um, <laughs> so you, you get a tough name, man. Like, come on. I but welcome I on, welcome on, Keegan. We're, we're happy to have. Oh you. yeah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, I, I I am really excited to to do this. I I finally have a place to give all of my thoughts and opinions, even though nobody asked for it. And, <laughs> You're gonna get it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be straightforward. I'm gonna trash on the BYU kid. I'm gonna praise Justin Fields. It's gonna be phenomenal. We're gonna have yeah, lots of fun. You know what? Since I've been working with you in that mock draft show, I I'm still a Zach Wilson truther. I think his pro day was stupid. Um, you know, and I I was always a big fan of Fields, uh, but I never I thought that the the gap was much larger. And here I am trashing on people that have like Trey Lance over him, which I think we can all agree is ridiculous, but. Um, I do appreciate you because you've, uh, he's my new quarterback crush. Maybe it's just because he's the only realistic one we could potentially get now <laughs> is why I'm falling in love with him just to break like every quarterback since Brady's left broke my heart here. So yeah. uh, maybe, maybe he'll be the one that saves us. Who knows? And Keegan, I it's will my say, guy. Uh, see, it's your it guy. Is. I will say, you say no one wants your opinion. I mean, people might actually want Spags' opinion. Nobody wants my opinion. I give it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Listen, you're here. Like you didn't have to download the you didn't have to download the podcast. All right, you're listening. You're getting my opinion, whether you want it or not. And I hope you want it. Otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Although we do yeah, have some you, good guests usually, so like maybe they're here for the guests and not here for me. But yeah, whatever. exactly. You came for the guests, and now you're gonna have to listen to me ramble about <laughs> Davion Nixon or Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, that's right. Some that's right. some Ben Mason, the new Patriots fullback. Oh who yes. I, I was vilified on twitter for you know but 
I, I, I didn't want to blow up your spot too much because the last time you put a Trey Lance thread out, I quoted it like, this isn't the Patriots prototypical quarterback. And I was like, you know what? I should probably text Keegan because I don't want him to think I'm like calling him out. And obviously you didn't. But I, my linebacker crush, number two, obviously I love Jabril Cox, but Baron Browning blew him up at the senior bowl. I don't know, did you see that? I was going to tweet that video at you, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin your Sunday. It was, I was feeling good. Um, but yeah, that was, that, that, that's my only highlight of Ben Mason is him just getting blown up trying to, uh, and pass pro, uh, um, Baron Browning coming off the edge. You know what? He bullied tough Borland that week. Just that's like, true. which everybody bullies tough Borland, that poor guy. Like I just looks lost out there, but I've got 15 minutes worth of Ben Mason bullying tough Borland tape. So I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I another slight correction on uh, on Ben Mason. I had a buddy of mine text me and say he's not actually from Connecticut. He's actually from Rentham. How about that? Do you Massachusetts right. people out there move to Connecticut in sixth grade? He's like, yeah, my buddy uh, used to play football and basketball with him. And I was like, oh, all right, that's kind of cool. So, anyways, little little side note. We got off on a tangent on Ben Mason, a guy who they're never going to draft because he's a fullback, and they have like three fullbacks on the roster already. They're clearly not going to draft him, but we're talking fullbacks anyways, because you know this is this that's is what exactly, we exactly. That's exactly why they're going to draft him. They need three <laughs> on the roster. Forty six too. Forty six. It's it's they're going to go into a camp with four kickers, six fullbacks, <sighs> like seven receivers. Just it's going to be mayhem. Yeah, listen, we know we all need to be prepared here. It's going to happen. Bill is going to draft a kicker. It's going to happen. He's going to do. It. And everyone's going to lose their mind, and he's going to draft a kicker. And it's just like – and he's just going to say, here's, the, here's, a double, here's a double bird for you guys, okay? Drafting a kicker, and this one we think is actually going to be good, okay? As opposed to no one ever he- hearing of him before. Like Gostowski, I remember Gostowski, I was watching – you know, they used to have like the skills comp- the college skills competition. He won the long kick in the college skills competition. Right, I'm like this kid from Memphis. And then we drafted him, and I was like, "Wait a second, I know that guy. I watched the thing. Yeah, he did awesome." You know, Roar Wasser. I was like, "No one ever heard of the guy," and he's like some racist. And I'm like, "Oh god, alleged, gonna, alleged racist, okay, alleged." But you know, nevertheless, throw the tag on. Bill's gonna trade to 158, one pick before Roar Wasser, and he's gonna take a kicker, and it's not gonna be McPherson or whatever the kid from Florida's name is. It's gonna be some and, bum. And- Cornell Powell and uh, let's see, Jalen Darden and all these guys uh, are going to go after him. We're going to do this all over again. Uh, yeah, Jalen Darden's going to return like four kicks for a touchdown next year and I people are going to lose their minds. I don't want to bash on them too much because it's not good karma because I really want them to go up and get a quarterback. So Right. That's a good point. That is a good point. need good karma here for the next four weeks. Like Say your prayers, whatever you need to do. That's it. That's it. Right. Hope Mac Jones goes three. Maybe, oh, maybe Shanahan got a little tip from Salah. Or whatever, however you say his name. Hey, we're not taking a quarterback, right? They take Wilson. There's one less quarterback close to the one more quarterback close to the Patriots. I saw that tweet somewhere too, which is like that's just absolute bananas. But I'll, I'm all for conspiracy theories when it comes to the draft. So, well, the Jets. I mean, the Jets could. I mean, conceivably, right? Conceivably, now they could do that. I mean, they'd be stupid, but they could do that, right? Carolina, and this is the other part of it. Carolina might say, you know what? screw this, man. We're not getting to four. We know that because it's Atlanta. And so they might say, eh, we'll take Sam Donald. What the hell? Right. Trade you a, a second or third, a third round pick for Sam Donald. What the hell? Give it a shot, you know? And so that eliminates another team off your board. New Orleans, who's another team might take, you know, so like you may not have too much company. We're going to talk about with Justin uh, in a few minutes here, but like 
I think it's, I think it's realistic. You could get up there. I, he's not going to trade two first round picks. He's not doing it. Like he's not trading the first round pick from 2022 and from 2023. That ain't happening. But if you could do 15, 96 and, and, uh, and their first next year, I mean, it's not bad. And, and just, you'll hear Justin thinks they should go quarterback. And I kind of do two at four, but you know, if they don't, I mean, that's, that's a decent haul for a pick. And I know the San Fran's like, Oh my God, they got so many picks in the set. Well, it's like, yeah, but San Fran, uh, I'm sorry, Miami moved from 12 to six and gave up a first round pick. And that was it. So like, it's really not that much. And if you look at the trade value sheet, the, the rich Hill, Pat's pulpit, you know, get copyright the rich Hill uh, trade value chart. It's not that far off, right? 96 of 15 and, and a first round next year. Isn't that far off from, from where you need to be to get up to number four. So realistically, if they don't even have any other trade options that that might get it done. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's about 50 different ways that the top three picks could go. Cause you know, everybody thinks that, that Lance, not Lance. I keep calling him the BYU kid. Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Put some respect yeah, everybody thinks, <laughs> Everybody thinks Wilson's going to kind of fit the the mold of the new jet system under under a San Francisco guy, but Justin Fields is QB2. So what if they go out there and they're like he's a better quarterback, he's a better prospect, we want him. Then you know San Francisco is going to go with Wilson and then Trey Lance is sitting there. You know there there's a hundred different ways right. that it could go. So uh but we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit with Justin kind of getting into that situation. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. So anyways, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. This next month is going to be torturous when we just sit here, just waiting for the day to come. And then we're doing, we're actually doing way more announcing. We're just, I'm not even, no, 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 not going to do it. Not going to do it. We got a lot of draft stuff coming up. I'm just going to say that. Um, so you can look forward to that. We will have the instant reaction pods after every pick. Like we all have always done. Uh, well, I shouldn't say always the last few years we've done. Uh, so we will continue to do that. And we're going to have some other stuff mixed in there as well. So, but anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun this, this next month. But let's get into this interview with Justin from the from the Draft Network. He's a guy, interesting guy, man. Uh, he, he write, and he'll talk about it, but he writes, uh, he does interviews with the players. And so instead of, and he'll obviously breaks down and does a big board and everything else, but he has these guys tell their stories. And he's releasing like 10, 10 interviews a week, uh, which is pretty cool. So, uh, it kind of gives in-depth knowledge. And so he has a lot of in-depth knowledge from these kids and from the agents as well. So he's a pretty, uh, pretty keyed in guy. So it's a, it's a really interesting conversation. And so uh, make sure you stick around for it. And we'll be back next week again with Keegan in tow as well. And uh, obviously talking, talking, talking quarterback again. We're going to be, I mean, this is what's going to happen every damn week. We'll be talking quarterback until it happens. And then they don't trade up and they draft friggin' Kellen Mond in the third round. And we all, you know, cry into our friggin' whatever so but uh that's the way it goes anyways thanks guys and uh enjoy the uh enjoy the interview here with justin all right we are very happy to welcome onto the show justin Mello. he covers the nfl draft for the draft network justin thank you so much for joining us really appreciate it uh we're excited to talk some draft with you yeah pleasure's all mine i uh, appreciate you guys for having me on of course of course so let's start at the beginning start at the start at the top here do you think there's any chance that the Patriots can get up and get a quarterback in the first round? What's it going to take? And if they do, who should they take? It's going to be tough for them. You know, I, th- I think that that trade with San 
Fran made the other day to move up to third overall. Obviously, they've they've got their uh, their sights set on a quarterback. So you you got a QB obviously going at one. I, I'm pretty confident to have one going at two with, with Zach Wilson to the Jets. Uh, San Fran certainly going at three, and then Atlanta. I guess that's the wild card, right? If you're, if you're looking to trade up, I think it has to be with the Falcons now. That that's where the draft really starts, in my opinion, because do they take a quarterback at four? Atlanta, I have a feeling they're going to. So I don't know that New England can even get up in that range. Now the question becomes, how much do you like the fifth quarterback on the board, right? Whoever right. that is. And and if they come up, I mean, you got to look at, you know, similar to what the terms of the San Fran deal were, right? I mean, San Fran gave up a whole lot to move up there to three, three first round picks. Of course, that includes the swap um, of their pick this year, but you have to think it's going to cost a lot. So can they get up there? And, and Atlanta, again, to me, do they want a QB? If they do, that makes life really difficult on the Patriots, in my opinion. And and I want to get into this because I th- I can't. I guess Friday when it came out, everyone thought it was so wild, like Mac Jones to San Fran. Like, everyone, are you kidding me? This kid went from mid second round pick to late day one to now he's being talked about going before Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Um, is that a smokescreen? Because I, I when you kind of di- when you dive into it. Um, you know, Shanahan, whoever, you know, his perfect quarterback is the ones he's worked with in the past, obviously, and had success with Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, now Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously, when you look at a guy like Mac Jones, I think he's in that mold, that type of quarterback. I think a little bit more like Matt Ryan than the other two. Um, obviously, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan there today. We're talking on Tuesday at, at Mac Jones's pro day. They say they're going to try to get Justin Fields to throw again. He was willing to do so. He talked about in his interview after. Is that smokescreen? Because it's so interesting. I mean, like I said, it was so crazy Friday, but when you really think about it, it does make a little bit of sense from a 49ers perspective. But how do you pass up on a guy like Justin Fields, who it was Lawrence Fields since high school, and then the season ended, and now it's Lawrence, and you got to throw some names in before Justin Fields. Just the disrespect, and we'll get into that obviously too, but what is this Mac Jones to 49ers thing? Is that is that real in your opinion? Look, I'm not going to pretend the information on that uh, or more info than the next guy does, but, and, and maybe I'm crazy for still saying this, but I don't buy it for, I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones at three. Um, and, and with all due respect to Mac, I, I think he's an all right prospect, but I, I think I'm, I'm low. I, I feel at this point with, with all that's on him, I think I'm a little lower on him than, than everyone else, or at least I feel that way right now. I, I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the brightest minds in all of football. He's one of my favorite head coaches in the game. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I have a really hard time buying the fact that he's willing to give up three first-round picks to come up at Mac Jones at, at number three overall. I think he's way too good of an evaluator, way too smart of an offensive mind to have Mac Jones ahead of Justin Fields and even Trey Lance. As a matter of fact, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I know you taught, you focused a lot on, on on fields there in your question, but I, I think Shanahan will like Lance better than he does Mac Jones. And of course, I agree with you on fields. So I, I'd be I'm, I'm going to say smoke screen. I I, I just if it was a team we don't we don't have a high opinion on the head coach and the if it was Edelman was what what he's going to do. Someone like Kyle Shanahan. Someone like John Lynch, again, I think the, one of the best GM head coach tandems in all of football. I'd be really surprised if they've watched the tape, they've analyzed everything, and they have Mac Jones ahead of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I just don't see it. Yeah, and in all honesty, I mean, there are those who think that they're going to go 
there are going to be five quarterbacks that go top 10. But if they were really eyeing Mac Jones, there's no way that they trade up. I mean, they could get him at 12. I think most people would believe that, you know, they could have stood pat and and had him be available there. But uh, to jump back to the, the Atlanta pick at four, uh, you said you think that they're going to go quarterback at four. And I think that's the most likely scenario. And if not, they're going to trade back. I don't think there's any scenario really where they – they draft a non-quarterback at number four just because all of the, you know, the talent that there is um, on the outside, you know, receiving wise and then in the offensive line, I think they can get good talent and probably recoup a couple extra draft picks. So just what are your thoughts on Atlanta picking anything but a quarterback at four? And where do you think they could jump back? Who could trade up into that spot? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't completely rule out that they if they – stay there and, and take someone out the way I look at it. And as, as you mentioned in your introduction, you know, I, I also cover the Tennessee Titans. Um, so I, I know Arthur Smith really well, you know, head coach over there in Atlanta. I, I'd be a little surprised if he steps into this job and he doesn't want to grab his quarterback of the future. We saw what he did uh, with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, helping revive his career and, and how they had that offense firing on all cylinders under the direction of, of Arthur Smith. So I'd be shocked if he enters this new job and he doesn't want to pick guy. And I think he'd be thrilled to land a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance. I think he likes, you know, those athletic quarterbacks that can make things in with his legs, guys that can take advantage of the play action game, good athletes, again, similar to what he had in Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. So for me, if, if they're sticking at four, I think it has to be QB of the future. And a, and a guy like Lance would make a lot of sense, right? A guy that you may maybe wants to sit behind Matt Ryan, right? Or could really benefit from sitting behind a veteran uh, and learning for a year or two. Uh, in terms of partners on a trade back, that could get interesting because that's where I feel like it can get real competitive. Because again, we all agree that QBs are going one, two, and three. So all of a sudden, if, 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 if it pops up here that someone can trade up to four to get a quarterback, then you'd have to think the topic of this podcast that the New England Patriots would be interested. You'd have to think a, a team like the Carolina Panthers may be interested. I think the Denver Broncos team that could be a dark horse who are also picking in the top 10. I think it would make a lot of sense for them to move up and and take a QB depending on how they feel on Drew Locke. So that, that would be really interesting. If Atlanta's willing to trade back, I think you're going to have a ton of suitors. And hey, that uh, that sounds good to Atlanta's ears, right? Because then you start getting some competition and the offer only gets bigger and bigger. I couldn't agree more. And I will say, Justin, I agree with you 100%. Like, I think you take the next guy because, you know, you're not going to be in this situation again. And I know you have Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's contract is untradeable and blah, blah, blah. But like, with the team that they have, they have enough talent. They shouldn't be in the top five again for a while. And if that's the case, that means you're going to have to either tank tank completely and hope that that year you get a franchise quarterback, or you're going to have to trade a billion picks to move up and get the guy that you want. So I think it makes sense to do it now. Um, and, and so I, I do agree with that. But let's say, Patriots-wise, let's say that these things happen, they don't trade up. What do you think happens at 15? Who do you think they'd go after? And, you know, I, before free agency started, right, I was hashtag team trade back. That was me, like 100%. I don't want to drive to 15. I want to trade back. And I'm in the same boat now. If they can't get one of these quarterbacks, I'm in the same boat. Trade back and, and, and you know, move down. But let's say they stay at 15 or, you know, we can talk about a trade back too. But let's say they stay at 15. Who should they be targeting at 15, do you think? There, there are so many options there, right? It really depends on which position they want to target. I mean, when you look at the state of their roster right now in the future, uh, I, I know it may not be an immediate need this year, but uh, outside corner, 
right? I mean, I think you'll agree, you know, Stephen Gilmore has mm-hmm. got to be entering his final season there. There was rumors they were going to trade him before the season even starts. So I think he's probably going to play there this year. It looks like that time has come and gone in terms of a trade. But him and, and, and J.C. Jackson, both guys, futures very much up in the air, right, from what I understand. So you can look at a, a J.C. Horn, who's a guy I think that's, you know, maybe available in that range. But the the pro day that he just had an injury to Caleb Farley, the, the Virginia Tech corner, that, that might push J.C. up the board a little. Um, I, I think it's a little early for a guy like Eric Stokes, but I think he's a first round pick at corner. I think, you know, again, a guy I think ran a four two five at the or four two eight at the Georgia Day, just had a terrific day himself. I think he's a first round pick all day long. Again, a guy like Greg Newsom maybe a little early at 15, but I think he's a first round corner that's gonna make a living on the outside. Or you look at linebacker, right? You look at the Notre Dame kid, he's he can do it all, right? Incredible athlete side sideline range. I'm a big fan of Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Again, I'm, you know, all these guys are a little bit, you know, maybe trade back candidates, right? Sort of like you mentioned, if they're still interested in doing that. But Zayvon Collins, he strikes me as a Bill Belichick prospect, doesn't he? I I think when Belichick turns the tape on and watches Zayvon Collins, I bet he gets real excited about what he sees on tape. Um, So, so guys like that, right? J.C. Horn probably makes the most sense. He's there. How do you feel about the Caleb Farley medical? Right, depending on on what they think on, on his back, if he's still there at 15, that's got to be awfully tempting because he's a terrific talent. He's a top 10 guy on tape. So there are several options, and I haven't even talked about offensive line. Right, they might see a guy as a tackle. They might see a Tevin Jenkins or a Elijah Vera Tucker. Right, Christian Derisaw. So there there are going to be plenty of options at 15 that make a lot of sense if they're unable to secure a trade back or if they're unable to to grab a quarterback. Yeah, and it's obviously tempting, too, because Pat alluded to it earlier in the show. Um, If they do elect to stay at 15, there is a big gap between 46 and 96. Obviously losing their own third-round pick um, for that, you know, bogus Cincinnati scandal last year. Um, We call it bogus up here, but somebody else on the outside may have a different take on it, but it's bogus to us. Uh, But anyways, that's that's an obvious situation, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and, and kind of doing some mocks and playing around with it. Um, Tennessee, and that, that's the reason I bring it up because that, that seems like a likely spot. Uh, you'd know better than me, but do they have a, a decent amount of day two capital? Uh, do you, do you know off the top of your head? Well, it's uh, they, they've got a, a regular amount. They do have four picks in the top 100. They pick at 22. Uh, then their second rounder comes in the, the fifties and then they've got 86th. And they've got 100th because 100th was a comp selection that they were. So they got they got two thirds. So, yeah, that was a That was a common kind of trade for me in my mock draft simply because, you know, Tennessee may have a guy that they like at 15 that won't get to them at 22. You give you some day two capital, which Belichick always likes. Uh, We saw him do it last year, trading 23 for what was it? 37 and 73. Pat, is that what it was? Uh, yeah. 37 and 70. So yes, it obviously turned into Duggar and, and then they used that pick to get up to get Uche. Eight, was in it the 87? Second round. No, 80, 60. Was it, it was 60? 60? Yeah. 37 right and 60. Middle. So right. yeah, but obviously they like to do that. Is there a team that you look at, even your Titans, uh, you could probably speak, uh, you know, more to them than, than maybe any other team towards the, the back half of the first round that are likely trade scenarios for the Patriots. And like I said, this is obviously, you know, they, they feel the board hasn't fallen in their way. They can get their guy maybe towards the end of round one, pick up some extra capital on day two, and obviously don't have a shot at one of the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, in terms of Tennessee, I'd be surprised if they're willing to trade 
you know, never say never with, with John Robinson. He's, he's traded up uh, and on several times. He traded up for Rashawn Evans. I think he moved in front of New England that year to get yeah. Evans. Uh, I think the Patriots uh, liked him quite a bit. And yes. Sorry? No, I, I won Rashawn well, Evans can, so can, bad that year. <laughs> I can promise you that Tennessee fans would, would gladly wish that it didn't happen. I, yeah. I can tell you that if you cover the team locally, uh, a lot of Titans fans wish that, that that never happened. But he traded up to get Jack Conklin uh, one year as well. So, look, they're not uh, you know uh, afraid of moving up to get their guy, but – this year, I, I think it's going to be a little bit different for them. I think, uh, you know, again, four picks in the top 100, it's nice, but it's, it's certainly, I don't think anyone would describe it as a crazer plus. And, and they've got a couple needs. You know, they, they, they've, they've got a huge hole at receiver. They've got some a lot of question marks at corner, tight end, thanks to you guys taking John New Smith off there. You know, they, they've got a need there. They can use more depth at edge. So I, I'd be surprised if they were willing to pry with any of that draft capital uh, to move up. And, and while I'm on that topic, I have a feeling, and I know this doesn't fully answer your question because you're asking me for targets. This strikes me as a type of draft, at least if if I were running a team, I think you're going to have a lot of teams willing to trade back, but I question how many teams you're going to have willing to trade up. In a COVID year, there's going to be less information on these guys than ever before. You're not getting in person with them. You're not you know, You're not really getting an opportunity to work them out. You're not getting a combine. So with, with the amount of information you're compiling this year being a little bit less than in years past, I think there are going to be a lot of teams that would happily defer their picks to 2022 when things go a little back to normal a little bit more and you're able to get information on these guys. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams willing to take that risk because this, this draft's a wild card. I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed it more and more lately. I know every year you see discrepancies on big boards and mock drafts, but I feel like I can, you can click on one big board and see a guy ranked at 30th overall on the next big board. He's, he's 99th. You know what I mean? So I, I'd be really surprised if there are a ton of teams willing to trade up in, in, in such a strange year. Yeah. That's- Joe Tryon's been that guy for me this year. I feel like every, everything I look at, he's either ranked top 20 or somewhere in the seventies. So Spags, that was the kid from Kentucky that you had. You tweeted out, and I was like, "Hey, under the radar guy." And people were like, "Under the radar?" He's like top fifty, and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "I've done a million mock drafts, and I've even seen the guy." He's, <laughs> like, 40, he's probably in the range Linebacker. of uh, forty six. Yeah, Jimmy Tommy Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was Davis just like, what? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. QBs. I mean, that's certainly, and that's why, like, if you're the Patriots. Even more so, I think they might be more willing to go up and get someone, especially because if you're at 15 and you can't trade back and you're stuck with a guy that you're not sure about, but you're sure at number four that Justin Fields is the guy or Trey Lance or whatever, you go up and get him because screw it. You know what I mean? And and you say, yeah, we'll mortgage the future for it. What the hell? You know? So uh, let's get into this. I agree. And I love to see them do it. Right. Yeah, me too. I've. Me too. I I know the three. I know the three other guys in the room would would like to uh, would like that very much as well. Um, but let's get into the second round. What? Um, so they're at Patriots are at forty six, and, and Spags mentioned you know the forty six to ninety six gap. Um, but where do you think? Um, where do you think they go at forty six? Who do you think would be guys that they should be targeting in that mid second round? Uh, you know that mid second round. 
Again, I think I'm, I'm going to lean on, you know, some of the positions that I talked about earlier. It really depends on what happens uh, at 15, right? But I think there are guys, I talked about a bunch of prospects that are corners, that are linebackers, that are tackles, um, that might make sense at 15 or in the first round. Well, I would look at those same positions later on, right? But obviously some different names. If it's a quarter in the second round, maybe it's a guy like Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, who's a big old, uh, you know, terrific athlete and a physical uh, guy in coverage. If it's a linebacker, maybe it's a Jameen Davis out of Kentucky, or maybe it's a Jabril Cox uh, out of LSU via way of uh, of NDSU. If it's another corner, a guy like uh, a boss man, Kelvin uh, Joseph out of Kentucky, right, who really uh, put some terrific things on tape this past year and I think has talked himself into that top 50 conversation. If if it's a tackle, I think there are, are seven guys. Uh, you can look at in that, even in that 86 range, my, my favorite mid round tackle. And I, I think he's probably a third round pick is Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. Just a terrific prospect, just a big old guy. Um, I, you know, I, I know a couple people in this camp or, and this is, you know, uh, and the agency that he's with, they do a terrific signing off signing offensive linemen every year. They, they sign a bunch of terrific offensive linemen. They know how to scout the position. They always get great ones. And I was, you know, uh, uh, having a conversation with his agent. And, and, and this was off the record, so it wasn't like he was, you know, had any reason to boost. But he goes, I'm telling you, the kid's the biggest offensive tackle I've ever seen in Spencer Brown. He goes, we're working out down here in California. He, he's blocking out the sun. Literally, you can't see the sun when he's in front of you. Like, so Spencer Brown is probably my favorite mid-round tackle in this draft. Like, if, if he's available at six, I think he's, he'd make a team very, very happy. Patriots fans would love to see him on one side and Trent Brown on the other. That's that's a lot of beef up front. Um, so right. when and you talk both, about the a couple round, Browns, I love it. Right, exactly. Beautiful. It makes for a great T-shirt. When when we're talking about the second round, you know, we kind of we touched on offensive linemen and corners. Those are kind of like the top needs. But in terms of secondary needs, I think we can all agree, even though they they did a lot in free agency, wide receivers a need for the future um, defensive tackles, probably a need for the future. You know, they, they signed a couple of older guys. So uh, and th- those two positions specifically, who are some of the guys that you would eye in that 45 to, to 70 kind of range? Sorry, you said defensive tackle and receiver and receiver. Oh, I mean, receiver, Geez, take your pick, right? I mean, this this draft is, is so loaded at receiver. Uh, I'd be admit, I, you guys cover the team, so you know what I do. It seems like they did a bunch at receiver this offseason. Right? I signed a whole new re- uh, group of receivers. It felt like if you're looking at guys in the second round, I mean, I'm a big fan of Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I, I, such a, an exciting, terrific guy that I, I can't wait to see him play in the slot at the next level. Rondale Moore, another guy. Obviously, the size came in. Uh, you know, he, he's, I think, came in at 5'7", which is almost unheard of uh, receiver, but he's another one that intrigues me. Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, I think, is a receiver that's not getting enough hype, not getting enough credit in this draft. I'm a big fan of his. I mean, I don't know if you guys are all, all, all on the East Coast, but I'm on the East Coast myself. I feel like it's an East Coast thing. Maybe we don't see enough Pac-12. I don't know what it is, but it feels like those guys always kind of fly under the radar a little this time of year. So Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, maybe a guy like uh, Diami Brown is really exciting at receiver as well. Um, and, and you said at defensive tackle, correct? Yes. Yeah, there's a couple of big ones there, right? A uh, uh, kid out of Ohio State, where you do uh, 40 reps on the bench press today. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Davion Nixon out of Iowa is a guy that excites me, a former Juco guy that's really showed a lot there. 
Uh, Christian, you know, what, what, what the story on him, I, I don't know that he's a first-round pick. I know that I've seen him in a first-round mocks. I think he's a little raw uh, for my liking to take him in the first round. I think he's a guy that could maybe still be there at, at 46. You got Jay Tufile out of USC, who's another big old guy that I'm a big fan. The kid from Washington, I don't want to butcher his last name. It's Levi Ozzie, I believe it's pronounced. I'm a huge fan of his game. Uh, I know Joe Tryon is, is an edge guy, but I love Tryon. I heard you bring up his name earlier. So uh, I'm excited, man. You know, I, I've been doing this for years, and I think I'm more excited about this draft class than I've any that, I, that I've professionally covered because this is a terrific class. I think I'm looking at my big board now, and, and, and guys that I've got ranked in the 70s, the 80s, are guys that I really love. So I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think the biggest need for Patriots fans is obviously to figure out, um, you know, kind of get through these next few weeks with the, with the Garoppolo rumors and the, and the potential trade-ups with, you know, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Like it's, it's a, it's an interesting time. Twitter up here is, is a, is a rough place right now. You have so many different people on different sides of things, but um, you know, I, I, at this rate, man, it's like it's they've done everything we've asked for them this offseason. They went out, they aggressively spent uh, big money at two, you know, positions of need at tight end. Went picked up a couple, you know, competent NFL veteran receivers that you know can contribute and, and help that that room, you know, grow and get much better. Obviously, got stronger on the edge and added some depth to their front seven. So all they're missing is that piece, just that one piece, that that absolute bombshell to end the offseason of a trade up. So. Uh, we're, we're hoping I, I, I wish Justin Fields didn't make those throws today because it would have been a lot easier to trade up and get him. Uh, but you're right. I don't think he gets past three. No, you're called crazy, but I, I made a prediction the second that I heard that San fan made that trade and I, I texted someone about it. I said, I think it's Trey Lance, man. I think it's going to be Trey Lance for them at three. I just, I just got this feeling that when I, you know, I love, look, Fields is my QB too. I've never wavered on that this entire time. When I dropped my big board uh, in a couple of weeks, I've never changed my mind throughout the entire process. It's been Justin Fields for me the whole time. Since since I began scouting class, I've never changed my opinion on that. I, I love Fields. I think he's going to be a terrific player. He's going to be incredibly high on my big board, probably higher than a lot of other people's big boards. But when I saw that trade, so I don't know, man. Call it, It's just a feeling. But I think it's going to be Trey Lance at three to San Fran. And I texted a couple people about it, and I got some interesting opinions on it. Uh, I just when I, when I picture Shanahan, and don't get me wrong, Fields is so exciting. But Shanahan to me again, and I, I know I've I've been singing his praises this entire show, but I just I, I he strikes me as the guy who puts that Trey Lance tape on and gets really excited about what he can do with him, how he can coach him up, and how he can live in that offense. I think it's Zach Wilson two, and I think it's Trey Lance three. I call it a bit of a bold prediction because again, there's a lot of Mac Jones uh, smoke out there, as you said, and Fields would certainly make more sense. But I'm going to say it's Lance at three. Yeah, and with them keeping Jimmy G, you know, they, they're saying that they're keeping him. I think that's kind of the perfect scenario for Lance to walk into, where there's an established guy who can not only kind of ease him into the offense or whatever, but give him some time to to learn behind the coaches and stuff like that. I think that we talked a lot about it. Me and Spags have been doing a, a mock draft show. We talk a lot about, especially with quarterbacks, the system is everything. It's it's not, you know, the tools are nice and everything like that, but the system that they end up in is, is you know, the prime factor in how their careers are going to turn out. And putting a guy like that in that situation is, it feels perfect for him. One of my colleagues covered 
uh, predicts that whoever they take at three is going to have the best career out of any of these guys because of the landing spot. It's sort of what you said, because I, I, the fit there, the coaching you're going to receive, the supporting cast, obviously that defense that they have. Um, but that's where, to me, again, that's where the draft starts. It starts at three. So I can't wait to see what they do, whether it's Mac, whether it's Trey, whether it's Justin. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do and then what the fallout of that is, right? If someone does try to come up to four or even four, Cincinnati, who certainly aren't going to take a, a QB, obviously, right? So uh, I, I can't wait for it. We're a couple weeks out. I'm sure all of us here have been working really hard, and uh, I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. And, you know, and like you said, like Keegan said, you know, it's a great situation with Jimmy G there. And it's a lot, we've talked about it a lot with Cam here, right? Where it's like, hey, Jimmy, you know, Cam's here. He plays one year. Lance is, un- especially Lance, really needs a year, right? Everyone kind of agrees on that because he has didn't play last year, right? So, I think that uh, that could be the perfect situation for San Fran. And, uh, but I mean, my God, if they traded all that for Mac Jones, just so that like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> It'd be so <laughs> as a Patriots fan, I'd be like, let's go. Now we get the two that's chances why, at the guys, you know, that, that's why so, I said, I can't see it. I'm going to, you know, right. it is for Mac. I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel stupid. Cause I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to pretend that I know more than Kyle Shanahan. I, I'm going to go back and visit the tape and say, because I just I, I I don't really see it. Right. Now you're not alone. You're not alone there, Justin. This has been a lot of fun, man. We really appreciate having you on. Uh, before you leave, though, you got to plug yourself. Let everyone know where they can find you and hear you and read you and uh, listen to you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. I think it's uh, straightforward enough, but that's J U S T I N M underscore NFL uh, covering the draft on player interviews. It's, it's kind of my niche. If you're, if you're not familiar with my work, I've been dropping 10 interviews every single week with players in the week until the draft. I've got at least one interview a day that I am releasing every single day. So if you're interested in getting to know this class, I'm talking X's and O's with these prospects. I'm talking schemes that they played in. I'm talking where they grew up, uh, you know, coaching that they've received, teams that they've met with, as you all well know, uh, the, the Patriots uh, meeting news with you guys. So if you're interested in getting to know this class, wanting to know the people behind the player, uh, make sure that you're following the interview series. Again, w- at least one interview every single day, two of them on weekends, every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday, I'm publishing two interviews a day, every, again, every single day up until the day of the draft. So uh, you can find me on Twitter and, and learn about the draft class. Unbelievable. It's great work. It's great work. We appreciate uh, we appreciate you giving us some of that inside info on uh, on those uh, on those draft prospects. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, and it's like you said, it's a really kind of interesting thing uh, to get the to get the prospects take on it. We get so many people analyzing them and breaking them down, and this is where they go, and this is where the, this is where that guy goes. But we don't get a lot of that personal time from them. So it is a cool little take on it. So um, we appreciate it. But thank you so much, and Justin, we'll have to have you on again. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you you know where to find me. Uh, Pleasure's all mine, guys.